0: You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net by sending a donation to Box13 at greatdetectives.net through Zelle or by sending in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. But our focus today is on our Patreon supporters and you can become one of our Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month at the rookie level. I want to thank uh, our two latest Patreons for joining. Shannon at the level of uh, $4 or more per month, our Shamus level. And I want to thank Peter for joining us at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Our patrons really provide such a stable base of support for the program. It's truly appreciated. We send out special newsletters and the... uh Patreon supporters do get to vote on some things, most particularly our summer series. Uh, So, if you're interested, we'd love to have you at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we're going to get into That Strong Guy in our first episode of the series. And I'm going to share everything that I know about this series, which is very little indeed. Mostly, I'm going to offer some suppositions. About most things, I can only offer educated guesses. At least when it comes to this series. Uh, The Radio Gold Index does not record any air dates. It's not in John Dunning's Encyclopedia of Old Time Radio. And there's just not a whole lot of resources about this program. So, what can we say for sure about it? First, we can say that the series was syndicated within the United States. Radio Gold Index does have a couple episodes in their listings, and they're both listed as syndicated. We can also assume that this uh, series was aired uh, shortly after the end of that hammer guy, with that strong guy playing on that name. So it'd be probably sometime in 1954 or 55, though I suppose it could be later. Probably not by a whole lot. Episodes that I've heard, I've not recognized any of the cast. And that includes the star of that strong guy. Which leads me to suppose that this series may have been produced in Chicago. The only thing that goes against that is that the Radio Gold Index, one of the episodes that they log, uh, has Sheldon Leonard in the cast, who was working out of Los Angeles at the time and probably could not have been gotten to appear on a radio program based in Chicago. However, we really only have Radio Gold Index's word on it, and as you listen to this episode and from the notes that are in Radio Gold Index, it seems probable that uh, their uh, radio version was just as incomplete in terms of not listing the cast. So, it's possible that Radio Gold Index, uh under David Golden, just misidentified the voice. But we don't actually know, so that's pretty much all that we do know or even can suppose about the program without listening to it. Alright, so today's program, and again, we don't have any original air dates for these programs because it's just be a guess, is this episode of... That strong guy is entitled Temple of Horror.
1: Walter, where'd
2: you come from, stranger? You're looking at a big man with iron gray hair. On his right hand, a six shooter. And at his feet, a crumpled heap of what was once an old white haired man and his wife. Come in, stranger! Right in! Pity you corn. The are So it's the way it looks. Nothing is the way it looks. <laughs> Call me that strong guy. Yes, Steve Strong. But right now you're lost. Lost in the heart of the backwoods country. You're trying to get to a fishing lodge. You've been driving for two hours since sunset. You've seen no sign of life along the road. And then you see it. One lonely light, two hundred yards off the main road. So you park your car on this apology for a road and walk it to the house. You get to the door and raise the knocker. The door's off the latch, and it slides open under the weight of your hand. You find yourself looking at a temple of horrors. But in this temple, one of the wax dummies is moving. The other two look like they'll never move again. Walker! Where have you come from, stranger? You're looking at a big man with iron gray hair, and in his right hand a six shooter, and at his feet a crumpled heap of what was once an old white haired man and his wife. Come in, stranger, right in. Can you call for your call. So it's the way it looks. Nothing is the way it looks,
1: stranger. Uh-oh. Nothing. Nothing.
2: Room starts a crazy dance. Then a big blackness comes in and takes over. Then through the blackness comes the sweet smell of roses. And with the roses, a soft grayness gives way to an aching pain in the back of your head. And with the pain, you know it's time to open your eyes.
1: Never lost a patient yet.
2: She's the sweetest looking nurse you've ever seen. And right now, she's doing an operation on your wrists. An operation with hemp rope. And the nuts he ties are no lover's nuts.
1: You've been out some time, stranger.
2: I'm not sure I'm all back yet.
1: It'll come, stranger. But I don't know for how long it'll be.
2: So uh why didn't it happen before?
1: Harry was interrupted. You're lucky. But for how long? Like I said. You're lucky. Yeah,
2: and being trussed to uh, hands and feet like a Thanksgiving turkey is being lucky. You're
1: my Thanksgiving turkey, Steve. You're too good.
2: So I owe you a life. But for how long do I owe it?
1: Well, Harry gets out of jail. Now
2: wait a minute. Just um, let me catch up on a few
1: things. huh? All right, Steve. You catch. I'll follow. Yes. Hmm. You're a brave girl with my hands tied. Maybe I'll get the untie. am Yeah? For what? <laughs> All
2: right, so the joke's on me and I'm it. Now with a question, huh?
1: Go ahead, Steve.
2: All right. You read my wallet. Now, what's your name?
1: Stella. You like it?
2: In these circumstances, can
1: I argue? It could help if you don't. Stella what? Weeper. Of... Uh, Tanner Woods. This is the place? At least... In Harry. Behind bars. What? I told you.
2: Yeah, you did.
1: What's wrong?
2: It's the law out here. They always act this fast.
1: How long do you think you were out? A couple hours. Four days and five. Nights. Four days and... Like I said. You're lucky.
2: And like I said. For how long?
1: Till the trial's over.
2: They're trying him already.
1: Look, you in the backwoods, Steve. We see a judge once in two years. So happens the courts were in session this last week, so they're rushing things through.
2: Mm. One for the books,
1: and one for Harry. Well,
2: how does that figure?
1: And I can't find the body or motives. motive. At least, not one strong enough to hang him on.
2: You mean he's got a good lawyer? The best. So Harry's got the money,
1: and that rules out one motive. Yeah. So me. Yeah. And there's still these rope handcuffs in the So I don't think you'll be giving evidence. Yeah.
2: So he didn't die?
1: No, Benny, he didn't. Sorry.
2: Boss won't like it,
1: But you didn't want him to die, Benny. Only after you told me I didn't. It's the same thing, Benny. Is it? If he died, that means you killed him. That means you could hang Benny. You tell and I'll do... Benny, stop. He's not dead. So there's nothing to tell. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yes,
2: Benny. Very right, Benny. But it's only just... You nearly pushed a hole in my head. He doesn't know
1: just how strong he really is.
2: Someone should tell him. I don't need telling.
1: Maybe not. But you've got to have someone do your thinking for you. I know I ain't right. That don't make it a crime. No one's saying it is, are they? All right, then. Did Harry give you any message for me? Oh, yeah, Yeah, he did. He, he said for you to bump this fellow off. Said he's real explosive. Looks
2: like I recovered in time to write my own epitaph.
1: You say. So long as Harry's behind bars. Why? You know why. Do I? They could take me out of history. We could go places, do things. I got money. I've never been tied, but... he's no chicken no more, Steve. I want a man who's alive. A man I can live with and do things. And not a gray-haired old man who's too tied up with big business to find time for his wife.
2: He divorce you too. That I cannot.
1: This is my divorce suit, Steve. You say the word, and I'm divorced. Exist as my only lawyer.
2: You're looking at the smallest and deadliest of lawmen. A meat little pocket-sized 32. You're happy you're Steve Strong and not Harry Reefer. Then you take another look at your thoughts, and you figure you're both riding losing numbers. You figure there's only one way you can be called safe. And that's to get out of here.
1: I've got to go now, Steve. I'll see you tomorrow.
2: You know you're in no position to argue, so you don't answer. Take the kiss she gives you without giving one back. You figure that way you'll keep her interested because you remember a saying. It's always the apple in the next orchard, the one you want to taste. Right now, you're making believe as an apple, you make a watermelon look small.
1: Keep an eye on him, Benny. Goodbye, Steve.
2: Yeah. Till tomorrow. (laughs) You take stock of the mountain left in the room with you. Takes no ounce of gray matter to figure he's got a head that's all bone. And with a head like that, you figure you can con him into helping you out of this fix. The only way to get out of this fix is to untie the bands of rope around your wrists and feet. There's only two ways you can get 'em off. To cut them or burn them. You wanna smoke? Lady Luck plays him for you. she plays him good. Yeah. Thanks. I uh, I I like it. oh no, no. Huh? <laughs> it's um the superstition I've got, you see. Um I've gotta light my own. <laughs> You light it with your hands like that? <laughs> that I gotta see. I oh, Just give me a book of matches and you'll see. Here, take two books. <laughs> you show him how you do it, and he sits back in simple big-kitted wonder and enjoys the pantomime. So you let him laugh. Right now you're putting on a show for Benny. But later, when he rolls off to sleep, you'll stick the matches in the cracks between the floorboards and let them burn through the cords of rope that binds your wrists and feet. You've done your Chloe act and freed the bonds that bind you. And you're sitting in a car you borrowed from Harry Reefer's garage. You're driving through the night towards the town of Tanner Woods. The headlamps cut a tunnel of light through the blackness. And you start seeing familiar objects and signposts. And you remember when you saw them. You know you're approaching the Temple of Horrors, the house you saw five nights ago. You don't know why you do it, but you swing the car into the long drive and pull up outside the house. Again, the door seems to draw you like a magnet, and you feel the prickle running up and down your spine. You try the handle, and the sensation sweeps into full flood, and your nerves do a cartwheel. The door is unlocked, and now you're in the temple of horror, the room where the nightmare began.
1: And you hear it.
2: And reaches for your gun, but it gropes on empty air, and you know all you can do is wait, and then you see it. <laughs> center of the room where it all began four nights ago. You're standing looking at a dark shape against the dim light of the stars behind the open doorway. And then, the lights switch on.
1: What are you doing here?
2: Your whole body relaxes like a piece of warm jelly. Who are you? That could be my question. I got here first. What do you want? Hey, hold on, honey. (laughs) I'm no crime boy. I'm Steve Strong, private detective.
1: But what are you doing uh, here?
2: hold on, honey. I I told you who I am. Let's hear something from you,
1: huh? I'm Judy Candor. My grandparents were killed in this room last week. Oh. You were there. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I I came in just after it happened first
1: You saw sure who did it?
2: Yeah. I saw Harry Reefer with a gun in his hand. You know him? I know his wife. And a bump on my head knows his handyman a lot more.
1: Oh, even with your evidence, it's still hopeless until we find the body.
2: I still say my evidence is enough.
1: No, I hear it isn't. Oh, you don't know these backwards people. It's only your word against Harry Reefer's. And you're a stranger. As for Rufus, he's big time out here. So big, he's almost a legend. Owns half a can of wood. The lawyer's a banking on this. By 11 o'clock, Rufus will be a free man.
2: Unless we find the bodies first. And I think I know someone who can be persuaded to help him. Danny. Yeah. If he's still where I left him. You go back to Reaper's place. This time you borrowed a gun. A six shooter that looks more like a cannon. Came out west with Grandpa Candy. You see the light on and the door open. And you swing the artillery to where you left Benny sleeping, with a bump on his head as Adam an Eustace. But the floorboards are bare of rug. And Benny. Don't move, Strong. But the air behind you is full of his voice. Drop the gun, Strong. Drop it. You're up early, Benny. You hit me on the head, Strong. For that, I got a good mind. Wait a minute, Benny. (laughs) Let's keep this friendly. You hit me and I hit you. Now we're even. Let's keep it that way, huh? You talk too much. I don't like guys who talk too much. They, 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 get me all mixed up. <laughs> sure you don't, Benny. That's because they're always putting one over you. But Judy and me, well, we came back to help you. Help me, didn't we, Judy?
1: Well, i Follow my
2: lead. He's got to get his mind in a tangle. I only can What are you two saying there? Ah, right, Judy was saying I owe you nothing, that I shouldn't help you like I was going to. Help me? What she got against me. Mm-hmm. That's what I say, Benny. I'm as good as the best of them. Sure, Benny. My guess is you're better. Yeah? Now, Benny, take Harry Reefer. Now, Harry, he's your boss. He gives out the orders, am I right? Well, yeah, but I... That's what I mean, Benny. He gives them. But who carries them out, huh? Me. Benny Laker. Yeah. See what I mean? You're the big-time guy around here. Not Reaper. You reckon? Sure, I reckon. Now, well, think where you hid the body. Yeah? Yeah. I bet Reaper didn't do anything about them. I bet he just gave the orders and left you to do the hard part. The hard part is... Making it tough for the police to find him. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> but I fooled him. I sure fooled him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure did, Benny. It was a great joke, eh? Who'd have thought of looking in the tool shed? Who <laughs> said nothing? They got a better hiding place than that. <laughs> no one would ever find them. <laughs> yeah. He sure must have fooled the police. After all, they'd have to find the fresh dug earth. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Now, this first dug earth, all right, <laughs> but it's hidden. <laughs> yeah, and they'd leave mounds, wouldn't they? Yeah, but I fooled them. <laughs> One cop even wanted to play on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> you mean he stood right on top? <laughs> on top of the graves and didn't know it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hang on, honey, it's coming out. Right on top, he should. Yeah, what did he want to play? <laughs> he, he wanted to do some putting practice. <laughs> Can you beat that? <laughs> you mean like in uh, in golf? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and he was right on top of the old couple. <laughs> no. <laughs> what's
2: what's wrong with the girl? Uh, she wanted to put some flowers on the graves. Uh, they were a folks, you know, Benny. They, they was. They that's tough. Yeah. She'd feel a lot better if she uh, she knew where to put the flowers. It, 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 it'd help if I showed her where. It sure would, Benny. It takes a big heart to do what you're doing, Benny. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. The girl comes with me, but you stay here. And I only show her if she don't tell. She'll promise.
1: Yes, I. I, I promise. That's good.
2: right. You're doing great. <laughs> You wait for Benny and Judy to come back, and you wait with a length of two before. Judy comes in first, and then Benny.
1: Oh, oh, no, Peter!
2: You look at Judy's eyes wide with terror. Then you see helpless defeat mixed in with the terror.
1: He didn't tell me. He changed his mind. So he wasn't so dumb. What can we do? It's morning already.
2: Time says... Ah. I'd stopped two, three days
1: ago. It's after six thirty. The
2: trials at ten.
1: Last night's paper said it'd be over by eleven. Would have finished yesterday, but prosecution held out to today. So we uh
2: got less than five hours.
1: And Reef has got four practice greens and fairways. Hmm. He must like golf. Oh, he's the local club president. Mm, that figures. But where
2: do we start? You start by calling on Della Reaper. But she proves no help. So you leave her tied and gagged in a room while you and Judy cover every inch of the practice screens and fairways. And you're reaching the last of them when Judy calls you over.
1: See, over here. I think I
2: found it. You go over. And that's what you've been looking for. A thin line in the grass where a large square of turf has been cut out and rolled back and replaced again. And in the middle of the square is a small mound about six feet by four. I
1: haven't got much time, Steve. It's almost ten thirty now.
2: You get back to the car. This won't take me long. You dig the shovel in. You don't stop throwing earth till you find what you're looking for. The evidence that'll hang Harry Reaper. You Get back to the car fast and drive off. By breaking all speed regulations, you and Judy are outside the door of the courthouse by two minutes to eleven. You can't go in there, mister. No, you lady? He's big and as solid as the courthouse door behind him. The judge has still sentence. You mean he's been convicted? I don't know. Judy came back ten minutes ago. Then we've got to get in. We've got evidence to hang Harry Reaper. Hey, hey, wait. Let go of my arm. Sorry, uh, fella, but uh, I insist. And this court is adjourned and will remain closed until the next session. Hey, Your Honor, wait. What is the meaning of this? What was the verdict, Your Honor? I don't see what that has I've got the evidence to hang Harry Reaper. Order! Order! You realize what you're saying, young man? I do. And Miss Tanner can prove it with me.
1: We found the bodies of my grandparents in Mr. Reefer's private doctrine. Order! 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 Hear
2: the court! Hear the court! That's the whole story, Judge. The jury found him not guilty. But you can't let him go. He's a murderer. It was the court's ruling. Judge! Judge! Judge. You have to give me protection, Judge! The jury found you not guilty, Richard. But that
1: crowd out there. Listen
2: to them. Listen to them, Judge! They'll kill me! Yeah, Harry, sure they'll kill you. You should have thought of that before. (laughs) Before you wanted the old couple's land. There's oil on the land. They didn't want any of it. I offered to buy it. They wouldn't sell They wanted to keep their land for and cattle. They had a right with their land, Reaver. Oh, George, listen to me. They weren't living with the time. Yeah, so you killed them. Yes, I killed them. But in the old days... This isn't the old days, Maybe not, but you're letting him go. But you can't let me go, Judge. You can't let me go. Not with that crowd out there. The court found you not guilty. But, Judge, I'm telling you, I told them. Griefer, you confessed too late. You heard the jury's verdict. There's nothing more to be said. This case is closed until the prosecution requests a new trial by the laws of the state. No. No, Judge. You can't. You Take can't do it. Take him outside, chair. This court is closed. You can't leave me alone out there.
1: Here, let go of my arm. You can't do this to me. You can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs>
2: Well, like I said, I'm a sentimental, a romantic guy. But I've got a lot of good friends in and out of the force, and I like to keep them i also like to help keep law and order in the community. I'll be with you again. But for now, this is Steve Strong, or as I'm more often referred to, that strong guy, signing off. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio.
0: Welcome back. Well, I think this program has a lot going for it in terms of the style and music and feel of a detective program, but the writing had a few issues. You do have to uh, feel a little bit sorry for Steve here because this is probably the most random case of a detective finding himself in a murder. Insisting that they pinpointed the body uh, before going into court was silly and what led to the acquittal. I mean, it's nice to have the body. uh, Let's just be clear on that. But he comes forward as witness, and, you know, even if he's got that, it's in one of four different uh, golf courses. I think that's enough for the prosecutor to ask for a little bit of a recess while they look into the evidence. And the end part is something that's tacked on to each specific recording, It's weird in this case because it talks about respecting the law and he just kind of winked and nodded at a lynching or an implied lynching at the end of the program. Uh, Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Jordan and uh, next Tuesday we'll be back with another episode of That Strong Guy. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And remember, you can become one of our Patreons at patreon.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, and all.